first thank you to everyone who's helped us by way of donation, this monastery, and to this uh, teacher, this Sangha, which is very important. Please continue to help us if if you can. If you're able to have the resources to help, that would be great. So this evening's talk title or topic is uh, something that I apparently said that uh, Jason has been reflecting on or contemplating. Is that true? Could you say what that is? This is outrageously alive and awake as it is. Okay, this is outrageously alive and awake as it is. And this is often missed because we, 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 we put our ideas, our thoughts, our memories, our judgments over the top of something that is completely shimmering in front of us. It's wordless. We, we tend to escape into, we tend to escape into our thoughts, our ideas, our anything to get away from the vivid presence of this moment. Even to say it's a moment is, is misleading because then we think there are more than one. There's only this moment. It's not a collection of moments. The way the mind works, the conceptual, deliberating mind goes on and on, provides us and enforces the, the primary illusion, which is there is a solid being here. No, there's just consciousness. This just happens to be a, a temporary, what, location? Even location is extra, because if you see what this is, you realize you're not located. If you feel like you are located, you feel like your consciousness is somewhere here. So you, you know, this is kind of a transcendental dyslexia that most of the world suffer, suffers from. Actually, so you see what it is. You see that everything here arises in consciousness, just like a bunch of teeth in the mouth. I know it's not a very good image, but it's, it's like everything arises. And the illusion is that there's separate things arising next to each other. It's outrageous. How would you define outrageous? It's just surprising, energetic, present, and has it carries its own authority. It's, it's outrageous. That is outrageous. I'm not talking about the kind of outrageousness that happens in the realm of the gods in the realm of the hell beings. <clears throat> it arises in the human realm. It can arise in any realm. There are Buddhas, there are, there are Bodhisattvas in, in every realm, all six realms. How do I know? I don't know. I don't, it's not a relative knowledge. I'm looking at it all the time. All the time. That's my credential. And I also ask you practically in the same breath, don't believe it, consider it. So that way, instead of trying to believe it, trying to grasp at it or smash your face into it so you believe it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you look at it. You, when you face the wall, you, you actually turn away from the chaos, the confusion of the world, and you, you receive this vividness, this outrageousness.
Say it again. This is outrageously alive and awake as it is. Outrageously, outrageously alive and it's awake as it is. So you don't have to awaken so much as you have to see that you've always been awake. This has always been the case. Even always is an extra word because it implies some kind of time. As it is, you don't have to correct it, don't have to change it, don't have to fix it. Make it perfect, it's already perfect. It's already complete. How do I know? Here it comes again. No, you know. How often do we say that? You know. You know, you know. No, you know. Well, you know. Outrageously alive and awake as it is, as, as it is right now, this right now. There is there's not even any right now because it's always now. But if you say that, then it looks like a collection of nows all get together. Primary illusion, no self, that there is a self. No self, that there is a self. There's a self. Who else would be thinking? Who else is contemplating? Who else is in such pain? The pain is in pain. There is no one there. Stop trying to force your emotions or your your anything that shows up to force it in the background through any of the three poisons. These poisons poison poison the clarity that is naturally your birthright birthright. You have to see them. You can't get rid of them. They are unreal. What is real? Say it again. Everything is out. This is outrageously alive and awake as it is. As it is. It's awake right now. What you're looking for, you could say happiness. It's right in front of you. Vividly, outrageously. And it is empty. You have anything you think about it. It is challenging to someone who is a little slow, as this old man is, and it's very challenging to someone who is very quick on the spot and is very conceptual, can see everything very clearly, can think very clearly about everything, good and evil, the bad guys and the good guys. I'm very slow. What was the context that I was saying that in, if you recall? I don't. I don't even remember saying it. Say it again. This is outrageously alive and awake as it is. So what, what is being said by alive? And we already know that everything is alive. No, it's, it's, it's outrageously alive. That's the primary point that just life shows up as consciousness, and it goes back into the elements. So you get one fleeting moment, to use that word, to see what this is, and then you're gone. And you're when you're gone, I'm saying either you're gone, or you never left. It's up to you. It's not a choice. It's choiceless. If you're listening, 
you already have all the momentum you need. It just may not feel like you're getting anywhere, may not feel like progress, won't feel like progress. It's disappointing. What was that cup? Somebody just gave me a cup called Disappointment Awaits. I don't know why they thought of me. See if I can not spell this into my keyboard. I feel like dumping it. It's like, you know, fuck it. Don't you want to do that? Sure we do. And you don't have to ever get rid of that. That kind of spontaneity, that kind of feeling, that feeling of creativity, that feeling of even though it shows up as destruction, something about it is invigorating. It's vivid and it is outrageous. That's outrageous. That's why teachers in the past, including both of my teachers, did things that were out completely outrageous. Not because they were intending to hmm, think I'll do something outrageous so everybody will re realize what a great Vajra master I am or a Zen master. There's no thinking involved. If it's a true teacher, thought does not precede teaching. Precede teaching. It's just the teaching. The teaching comes out, out of everything. It comes out of you. It comes out of the room. It comes out of the atmosphere. It comes out of, what was that? It comes out of, it comes out of life. It, everything is alive. And it's also totally dead or not here. Life and death, not separate. You show up, you go down. You show up, you go down. Lifetime after lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. I still want to pick up that cup and throw it at you guys. What was the story of the, the, the Zen masters sitting in, uh, and uh, he offers some tea to his student or his, I guess student, or another monk, something. And he, maybe it wasn't even a monk, maybe it was just somebody who was wanting to talk to this, uh, this uh, monk and he pours the tea and, and the cup fills up and he overflows it. It was kind of deliberate, but maybe not. Maybe he was just having fun. Maybe, maybe he didn't even realize it was a teaching until after he'd already done it. And then he probably, oh, what the hell? I guess maybe I can. He can make some sense to this crazy person. He said, just like, just like your mind, just this teacup, just like your mind, it's overflowing with all of your knowledge. There's no room for anything, anything new to come in. You're so full of yourself. So he probably turned into, turned into that after he did it. I think got to make some kind of sense out of it. I haven't done it yet. Are you waiting? If it was orange juice, I would do that because I can't drink orange juice because it's got too much sugar in it. Are there questions about this very short talk so far? If they're not, I can make it longer. Go ahead. What is life in this context? And in particular, when something is traditionally insentient, what, what is life? I'm not sure what you want to know. Can you clarify that? When you say this is outrageously alive yes. and awake as it is. Yes. And the way I've been working with that is to look, try to look at things closely and, and say that and ask myself, what does that mean? Okay, so I'll tell you what it means. It means that what you're looking at, uh, you're not seeing what I just said. You're seeing 
come up against the walls of the mind, come up against your ideas, your confusion and the things uh, that you're suffering with that you need to have something to hang it on or something to point to. So those areas there, Shikantaza, sitting practice of meditation over time trains us, trains you or me or any of us to look just a little bit beyond because we've been looking at the wall and eventually you just get worn out looking at the wall. So finally you see what is arising. And by doing that, it exercises or reconditions the knee-jerk reaction of passion, aggression, and ignorance on everything to just receiving it, just seeing it, not knowing what it is, slowly disengaging, slowly. You could say, without even doing anything, just by the activity of sitting meditation, holding still, you're disengaging from the karma that keeps wanting to burst out all over the place and make things more confusing. When I say don't miss your life, I'm not talking about acting out things. I am talking about receiving the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts that come in your mind stream and seeing that they do not belong to anyone. If you think they're yours, this is a misunderstanding of responsibility. There is no blame, but there's certainly responsibility. And you're responsible for everything that occurs everywhere. The ability to respond means you receive it, you receive it, you receive it. If you can just do that, if you can just receive, then if it is time for you to go into something or do something or stop something or fluff something up or move it around or adjust it, it just comes out of the situation. You may not have any thoughts about it at all. This is sometimes called spontaneity. It is never called impulsiveness. If it's impulsive, that's thought based on fear or action based on Impulsive. You have to cover this up. You have to do something. If it's spontaneous, it's just, it's just spontaneous. It's creative. Still want to throw the coffee cup. Yes. When your mind was the massacre that occurred in Texas where the five people were killed, impulsive or spontaneous, was that act? Spontaneous or I wasn't there, of course, as you know. It looks like it was uh, impulsive based on intense hatred of and fear of the person's self that he could not, didn't have any outlet. He had no, no one to help him there. And I'm not sure that if there was somebody that could help him that he would even be open to it. His particular lifetime, his particular activity was to get rid of the hatred somehow and get rid of the fear by covering up the fear with hatred. How to do that? Fire your gun into the air. Macho, masculine, let me charge. We've all felt that to some extent. What do we do with it? Not much. My recommendation is just feel that. Get back to the wall as much as you can. At the wall, in other words, meditate, 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 meditate. Do it a lot because that actually slowly over time will recondition that that impulsiveness to cover everything up with your greed, passion, with your violence, anger, and with your prejudice, which is, of course, just another word for, excuse me, ignorance. Just It was just an impulse, probably a lot of regret going on there right now. Yes. In your mind, does spontaneity include the three poisons? 
The spontaneity, if it, if it is coming from uh, an awakened mind, from a, a living being who is present, there isn't anything but this. So there's no there's no positionality, and you can't just be present. Just you just have to see what this is and see that you keep avoiding it. If you just avoidance part is where the awareness needs to see. So that's what we're doing. We're practicing that. Very hard to do. It might you might be facing lifetimes of doing just the opposite. You won't remember the lifetimes necessarily. There are a few people who can remember past lives, but not many. There's more to the question. Can you, uh, the answer anyway? Can you go ahead? On your mind, I was just tying it back into the outrageously alive part of the phrase you had said earlier, and just questioning spontaneity. I think you said something to the effect that to the awakened mind. So is spontaneity only available to those who no, are awake? No, it's everywhere. It's, it's all. It's always possible for that to occur in the midst of someone who's uh, crazy, who's basically having lots of difficulty. There are times when that's going to sh uh, shine through just out of the causes and conditions that we can't track down or trace. It's impossible to figure this out. You can't figure it out because it's it's unending, both the physical, apparent physical, and the apparent spiritual. Unending because it doesn't actually begin. More. That's a good area. Stay there if you can. Spontaneity. When you're bowing, is sponta spontaneity outrageous? Well. Yes. Even even to a, a musician who's creating, or even to a to a an artist who's creating something. Artists uh, commonly are trying to find out how to be spontaneous. Uh, the idea there is what has to happen there is some kind of understanding or an understanding that there's no one doing anything. If you think you're creating things, what's going to show up on there is your self-centeredness, your full of yourself. You can see 15 paintings by an artist and a couple of them are a little sensitive, a little self-conscious. And maybe the rest of them are quite spontaneous and have a have a natural balance, kind of like clouds. Clouds don't have to think about their shape. They are their shape. More? On your volume. Still looking at the impulsiveness against uh, spontaneity. Uh, thinking of, and you mentioned artist Van Gogh. He yes. seemed to be uh, suffering quite a bit. He was, and he impulsively killed himself. But were his paintings spontaneous? They were incredibly spontaneous. And he's uh, pretty unusual to be that miserable, suffering that much, and be on the verge of taking his life. He started by chopping his ear off to, to do what? To show how sincere he was to a woman. That's how much he cared about her. That's what I remember from reading his letters 40, 50 years ago. More? And, and some people are, there's no separate being that's re, uh, is reborn. There's just consciousness comes back into a form. And it, it could be any 
any number of people showing up as one person. Can't figure this out. Might as well be figuring out, might as well just start with guessing how many gumdrops are in a jar. That's silly. But people spend their whole lives psychologically, um, poetically, writing with everything, trying to find the, the holy grail of creativity. Otis from Indianapolis asks, when I meditate, my eyes seem to want to roll up or not focus. Should I try to maintain clearly on the wall or let it happen? You give me two choices. Uh, so I'll say, let it happen. <laughs> but it's, it's not a problem. It's a, your awareness of what is happening uh, is, is what makes it workable. Just you sit, you, the idea is that hold very still, sit still. Some people will never experience that. But something about your Otis, your particular dynamic is connected with vision, with your eyes. I would say just be aware of that. Uh, if you if you find that that is going on for weeks, weeks and weeks and maybe months, uh, you might go in there and work with it a little, little bit. But I wouldn't put too much pressure there to hold still. You need to see what it is. I teach this differently than not everybody, but a lot of people. I, I am about the awareness of what is happening and not controlling yourself or getting to be an apparently good meditator. I think it's a waste of time for the people that come to me. Otherwise, why would you stay here? You'd go find somebody that teaches a different way, which is okay. Questions? Did you have one? She is on bowing. I was just wondering if you could say more about life, what it is to be alive, in contrast to our traditional belief of breathing and blood, what does alive mean? Just consciousness. You're, you're here as conscious. You've realized your true nature because you, you, have an, you have a teacher, you have a, a teaching, you have a community, and you work at it. You return to it, return to it. And you realize that the, the blood and the, the chemistry and the biology is all there, is there also. But that's, that, that life is going down. That aspect, if you identify with that, as that's you, then it's going down. But if you see who you are, you realize that who you are can't go away because it's not appeared. Things are appearing. Consciousness does not appear. Everything here appears, but it's arising in consciousness. If you realize who you are, you realize that everything is arising in you, in, in consciousness. And it's not a big deal other than compared to everything else that's going on. It's outrageous. It's outrageous to realize your true nature and realize that the voice you're hearing as you speak doesn't belong to anyone. There's no identity behind it. And if you get an intense headache, there's no one having a headache. That doesn't mean the headache doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that you can't chase the weather away just because it doesn't belong to anyone. There's weather everywhere. All this is dependently arisen. There's no solid being anywhere. That's an illusion. And we reinforce that illusion by blaming ourselves, by blaming others, by doing anything with it other than just what? Appreciate it. Appreciate how incredibly beautiful and outrageous this world is. If I could say more, I could think of more. 
I'd like to, if somebody has it, you can ask another question before I do this. She's in mind, but I'm just wondering how the alive part contrasts with the awake part, if there's two qualities or if there's, what is the alive and the awake about? What do you think? I don't know. That was awful quick. <laughs> okay, the alive and awake, alive is, yeah, has that as an aspect of the, your biological situation, and the, the you have all these nerve endings, the sense of touch, sense of feel, sense of smell, sense of taste, thinking. All of this is coming at you from an apparent other, and instead of uh, seeing that as a separate thing that's happening, you're completely alive uh, with everything. Everything is ha anything that happens is you happening. It's your body mind complex and the world and its apparent otherness are not separate from each other. Everything is alive. When you see a bird, you are that bird. It's not some kind of particularly romantic idea. I wanted to, uh, I was going to see if uh, Bob is on here. I'm going to ask Bob to read. Bob Holman, are you here somewhere? I don't see him. He said he was in LA to San Francisco. To yeah, well, he anyway, he, he wrote a couple of really, really beautiful poems about uh, uh, Jason Gallagher. Those of you who know, he was our online uh, Zoom Sangha member here who passed away here uh, on the 29th, I think it was. Well, anyway, he, he wrote a couple of poems. Uh, beautiful. And I, I would rather have him read them. So maybe you can remind me when he comes back on the screen, I'll have him read those poems. Well, Jason, yes. How you also tell us that this is unreal. So how can it be alive and unreal? That's quite a quite a it's quite a contrast. I don't know. It is though. How how can it be that you the way you ask the question? It, it's a good, but that's the part of it that we're trying to figure out. And it's not about figuring out. It's about receiving it. It's already the case. It's, you have to receive it. And then if you begin to receive this, there's a good chance you will be tongue tied. Because there's no way to say this unless you're Bob Holman. And he writes a poem about it. I mean, you, but you can do that also. You can actually make things up. Questions? Come on. Yes. So um, in our practice, looking at the wall, we're both watching what moves to see what is unreal and to see how alive it is. You could say it that way. That might happen later. What happens first? What happens first is you see the shithole you're digging around yourself. <laughs> you see that you're creating this garbage pit. It's not like you're like you're to blame. We're not going that far. It's not a, we don't set up a polarity, but we we need to really see that the negativity that is rising in our mind, even if it was triggered by Joe Schmidt down the hall. It's still, it's your negativity. Nobody is dumping any negativity into anybody. This consciousness has come down into a particular form we call a human being. And then there's the illusion that there's some kind of reality that, to that because the polarity, I'm here, you're there, 
There's night and there's day, up, down, back and forth, life and death, and even going to Buddhas and sentient beings. But it's beyond that. It's beyond Buddhas, beyond sentient beings. It's beyond everything. But it doesn't leave. It doesn't go anywhere. So it is a complete paradox. And, and it, it leaves us, uh, leaves us tongue tied unless, unless the seeing is complete. When I say complete, unless there's complete Anutra Samyak Sambodhi is a Sanskrit if you need it. You have to see it and you can't, you won't claim that as a credential. It's a description of something that gets close. But it's worse than that. And it's better than that. It's liberation. And you won't know you're liberated. Go ahead. Well, divine, is that gift then we show up on the cushion, watch what moves, and we have a, a a gift, nothing out out of our own effort. Maybe the gift that you need to give is your attention to everything. Don't miss anything. If you anything is happening, if you can, don't lay anything on it. Don't name it. Don't 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 explain it. Don't do anything. Have a willingness to not know what is happening to you, because you're you're actually transcending relative knowledge. Relative knowledge is a trap. It's a trap, and people are stuck in that. Even highly intelligent, way more uh, intelligent than this old man. But it's a trap. Thinking is a trap. And I'm not saying don't think. I'm saying just watch the thinking. Watch the thoughts come and go. Don't, it's taught other ways. Sometimes we, uh, the Vidyadara would teach label, th- uh, label thoughts and return to the out-breath. I think that's maybe some people need to do that. Uh, if they do, they're probably studying somewhere and somewhere else and learning that. They should go ahead. If they ask me, am I doing it wrong? I'd say no. Do whatever your teacher tells you within reason. <laughs> Give me all your money. That would be a good thing. It's not within reason. Go ahead. I want to ask one more time. It seems like when we're on the cushion and we're watching our thoughts uh, come and go, it'd be sheer gift to see through our see see consciousness only. Yes, so you could receive that gift, receive it, receive it, but don't make no comments. It comes and what happens when that comes, we start to have ideas about it. It's not enough or it's not right or there's no proof. Or it's coming, I feel miserable and I'm not getting anywhere. And WTF, that kind of, it's just distasteful, but it's, might have to do that anyway. And you know, everyone, you know, you know, you know, everyone is, is in a different area. Everyone is working with us in a different way. Some people, I I doubt they're on this, one of these screens or in this room, might need a different kind of teaching than is being presented here. I don't think, I'm not saying it's less or I'm not saying it's better, but just different than this. Might need to work with it in a different way. If the bird? Strawberry. Strawberry? What's strawberry doing up in the roof? Yeah. Didn't he just have an operation? 
I think it's hunting. The strawberry heaven operation. Yeah. That's a cat that is quite friendly. Go ahead, Monica. Is this aliveness, how is this aliveness related to the skandhas? Yes, very good one. So five skandhas form feeling, not just this feeling, but anything you call feeling. Form, feeling, perception, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, hearing, perception. You some, sometimes call perception impulse because it's so tied into a response. We have a perception, we immediately think bird, like I just did. I thought they were talking about, about a bird, and it wasn't a bird, it was a kitty cat. Form, feeling, perception. And then concept, a thinking process, spinning around in, in, uh, in consciousness, uh, and then the six sense fields and their objects, all, just a way of describing it. It may have some accuracy to it. I think it does. But also, you could, you could reflect on it, see if it works. But when those forms are all locked together, they form the illusion of a separate being. But when we see that those are they're just arising, there's a body here. There's, there's a, a feeling which seems to be connected with the body situation, form, feeling, perception. There's a perception of a cat on the roof. There's a concept cat on the roof, strawberry. It's a cat's name. Named after a, a Kelly Climbies, Bow Wow, doggy. So I don't know if they put Junior on it or anything, but probably not. Does that bother you, Kelly, that, that Rumi stole the dog's name? Kelly Bowing. I love it. Okay, it's good. Everywhere. I love it. We'll have a whole patch. Whole patch of strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> so form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, the five sense seals coming in. When that is when those are seen to be what's commonly called in the Tibetan tradition, self-existing, rangjong, they just arise. They don't, they have a relationship, but it's very minimal to, to anything else. So there's just body. There's just perception. There's just feeling rather than it goes somewhere. Am I getting close to what you wanted to know, Monica, or do you want? Michael Boeing. Um, is, so are, are the skandhas features or, or, or of this aliveness or? Yes. Is there a manifestation? sequence? Or? Yeah, well, there, there is. It gets together and does all kinds of things and gives the illusion that there's somebody. But but the aliveness is, is beyond just the, the common relative aliveness. Just uh, I'm eating, therefore I'm, my heart's beating, my blood sugar level is 185. You know, my feet hurt. I'm talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, there's, there's, there's that aliveness, but there's the there's the there's the outrageousness of just being not being separate from anything of actually anything you see and smell taste touch you're not separate from it you're also not the same as that that's and that's the outrageous quality of it did I get close or is there still further I mean I want to be, I want to wrap this up so you have no questions. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I, I have more questions, but I can stop. <laughs> no, give me, I'll tell you what, give me 15 more questions and that's it. Uh, only, only two. Okay. I'll take I, I still, I'm, I'm still not, I, I feel there's something there to un, not to understand or to, to experience, I guess, with, yes. with aliveness and, and especially the form. This, I'm contemplating this form versus aliveness and I don't know. <laughs> form? There's, there's two uh, aspects to the five skandhas. There's the form part and then there's the consciousness part. All the other four are consciousness. That's just the way it's talked about. And this is just a way of talking about it. There are, there are no real five skandhas anywhere. I mean, there's just this. But we, we take it, we go in and we break it down into parts. This is the way uh, the Buddhist teachings work uh, quite often is to take something and look at all the apparent parts and the way it seems to occur, like the the three uh, the three own beings or the five dharmas that are taught in the Lankavatara Sutra and other places. They're, they're just ways of looking at it, just like the eight uh, consciousnesses of the Yogacara teaching, uh, the, uh, the first five sense fields, the sixth, which is the kind of mechanical thinking process. I just say mechanical because it's an easy way to describe something that doesn't, uh, it doesn't go off on tangents outside of its own basic connection with what is happening. Whereas the seventh consciousness is paranoid and gets afraid of everything and is protecting something that's not real, an imaginary self. And it will, if it gets really threatened, it will take your life. As we see down in Texas, if it gets really, really, they have to cover it up with one of the three poisons. Uh, blame is one of them. And sometimes the blame immediately jumps from blame into uh, the next poison, which would be ignorance between those two links. That, that blame is leading to aggression. Ignorance shuts it down, and then the aggression comes out, and then it realizes it has a, uh, a military-grade weapon. And it starts to murder with hatred. Difficult situation for everyone to be in. The people murdered and the, the one who was murder, murdering others. I sometimes ask people, if you had to be in one of them, you had to be a victim, you had to be one of those people, or you had to be the person who was doing it. You have to do, you have to pick one of those. And it's interesting, quite often it's, it's divided because some people don't want to be a murderer, and so they'd rather die than be a murderer. Another person might be the murderer so that the murderer wouldn't have to be the murderer. So I'll take on that karma. I'll be the murderer. Can you imagine what that would be like? Just suddenly say, I'm going to be the murderer so that person doesn't have to be a murderer. It gives you, gets you a little bit closer to the idea of non-duality, seeing that wherever you're at, just be genuine. If you're genuine, it's unlikely that you're going to kill anyone. But Otis has another question. Mm -hmm. I wonder if seeing through some delusions of conventional reality and having profound sense of sadness is helpful on this path. Wow. Yes. Earlier you said um, what you're looking for or happiness is right in front of you. Yes. You've also quoted someone saying that it's the great calamity. Yes. 
So is could you also say calamity is right in front of us? Uh, maybe somewhat, but the calamity, as I understand it, and the disappointment, as I understand it, and Trump Rinpoche said we have to march directly into disappoint disappointment. This means don't avoid anything. Don't miss your life, even though it sucks. Even though something about the whole situation is extremely painful or terrible or and if if you're on this path that that could happen it could show up as just everything as Coben said when he translated the hearts of just falling apart falling apart falling apart it could be very disappointing to have your idea of who you were just come apart there's nobody there and yet all of your emotions all of your feelings all the shitty things that you've been going through all your life didn't go away so it's kind of a calamity. They might have gotten worse. You might actually have to receive the suffering of the world yourself. There isn't anyone but you. You may have to be a 16-foot golden Buddha for everyone, even though you don't feel so good. Do it. You can do that. This is outrageous. It is inscrutable. And it's a lie. It is your life. Your life and everyone else's lives, all the lives of people who have lived and died. Go ahead, sir. The extraordinary thing that he added, though, was nothing to do. He did. He's commenting on Coben's uh, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do. And then the last part was everything all at once. So that kind of does away with the old idea of something happening next. Is the disappointment the happiness? I think it comes before the happiness or the bliss. First, there's a there's a disappointment. It's just everything has come apart. You don't know what to do. You're at a complete loss, but you're still on the path. You still are relating to the teaching of the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha and that everything is empty of its uh, opposite. So everything is, there's anything over there, there's just this, there are no polarities. Even though the whole physical world is set up with the illusion of polarities, more. Would you value? If the suffering doesn't go anywhere, what is the happiness? Uh, you see what it is. You see that it is, you're no longer deluded by anything. You see that it is an illusion, even suffering is an illusion. The nerve endings are here, so this is relatively real. You feel it. You feel pleasure sometimes, you feel abrasiveness other times, but they're really not separate. It's the same nerve endings in every area of the of physical or human form. The, the happiness is in the Buddhist on the Buddhist path. The bliss is talked about is not not a feeling. It's just the truth, and it's sometimes called vajra-like or indestructible because it's not based on relative truth. So it can't leave. No matter what happens, you cannot become unhappy. No matter what happens, you cannot become relatively happy. But you see what this is. You, you know you're not separate from it. This has been referred to as bliss. 
though I would say that is not an emotion or a feeling, nor a state of mind. It's not a state of mind. It is mind. But one can't, like, escape into bliss at the top of the mountain, and you know, and hell with everybody else. One is not separate from anyone else. When you, if you, if you actually attain realization, you see that everyone attains realization. They just don't know it. They're still struggling, struggling lifetime after lifetime. Next lifetime, next lifetime, next lifetime. I'm not condemning anyone to anything. I'm just saying that if you don't look into it deeply, you may have to spend quite a bit. We're stuck at the bottom of the ocean for 400 years, like one of my students. Not you. <laughs> You're fine. More good questions. Certainly. There further questions in here? Go ahead. Mazukabine, um heard you say uh, about Chikantaza that you can just rest in the Alia. Yes. What does that mean? You're just sitting there, the posture's there, and not much is going on. If thoughts come in, you don't you don't do anything with them. You notice them. Twinkle, twinkle, twinkle. Or thump, 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 thump. Or, That's the thought. They're like that. They, when you stop, uh, when you don't do anything with them, they come in with their chemistry and their, and their vibration and their, wh whatever it is. But you don't do anything with it, and they don't last. They go right. They flutter right through like birds or like strawberries, resting in the alia. There isn't anything that isn't the alia until we start filling it up with the paranoia, which is uh, part of the alia or anything else, or grasping at any one of the sense fields, rather than just letting it flow. But even letting is a little, uh, tends to create uh, someone who lets, someone who has power over that, rather than just, whereas if you just observe, then the whole structure is operating without an operator. If there's any ego, if, if, if someone comes up here and teaches, if there's ego here, you 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 can't do it. You can, I mean, you can teach, you can make up shit, you can teach out of a bunch of things you've read, but you can't you can't teach uh, the Buddha's Dharma. Yes, sir. Does alive and awake feel positive? It doesn't seem to have any polarity to it. It's everything. It's positive and negative. It's up and down, back and forth, sacred and profane, alive and dead, all at once. It's consciousness only. And if the body's still here, fine, the hands will wave around. But when the body's gone, uh, the consciousness doesn't necessarily go somewhere else. Nor does it stay here. It's another polarity that collapses. Oh, don't believe me. I'm not saying Sokazan said this, so might be true. I'm not thinking you even would do that. I know most of you. But you could consider it a little bit. You could think about it. What's happening there? When I say 
someone can't sit up, sit up here and teach. Of course, people can teach out of their knowledge, and that's acceptable, that's workable. Eventually, uh, you teach out of what you're looking at, what you're seeing, and you won't even notice the change. Other people might, but you won't. A minute ago, you also said, um, if you're being genuine, you probably won't kill somebody. What about being genuine would keep you from going to aggression? Well, I can make a little story up about it, maybe, and that might help you. you because you actually see that the person that you would have killed is suffering too. And they're suffering like you are. You certainly want to deal with your own suffering. You see that that suffering is in others. Everyone is suffering. Even the person who is covering it up and comes at you and attacks you or says, says something to, to upset you or trigger you, you would see that. You also said suffering is unreal. So if you see what this is, it would motivate you not to add to somebody else's suffering if it's unreal. Well, you, you can get into it different ways and analyze it and take it apart, dismantle it, deconstruct. I just think it's very straightforward. You would just, you're not separate from them and you would see that. So rather than just seeing the surface of it, they're coming at you with aggression and you need to come back to them with aggression. Instead, you would see the aggression and you would also see that they're using the aggression to cover up their own suffering. So if you're present, then compassion as Trungpa Rinpoche has said. But compassion arises without pretense. There's no kind of pretending to be to be concerned about someone you actually are because you're fundamentally not separate from them. And you see it. You see both of them at the same time. It's called non-duality. You see there's a separation, but there's also nothing is separate. You see it at the same time. The mind can actually handle that. When we're really young, it can't. We want right and wrong, right and wrong. But when we lived a few hundred years, we eventually see that the confusion stop fighting with everything. No more war. Have to see it. Otherwise, we just keep personalizing. We find anything we can do to blame someone who have a negative feeling instead of being responsible, responding to the, any emotion that rises in your mind is yours. Even if someone did trigger it. We all kind of know that. But it's so so damned intense, the emotion is so intense, and it looks so much like they caused it or did it to us. So we want to blame, but it can be it can be worked with. We can just just don't give up. Keep keep looking at it. As Trungpa Rinpoche once said, and I have to paraphrase, but we walk on ego just like it's a shoe. We just wear it out, wear it out. So you don't have to get rid of it. What does happen over time is you see that that that's unreal. Made up. It's a, as he said, uh, paranoid insurance policy. Yes, sir. Can it live and awake incite fear? If if, it, if that's what's uh, coming your way, yes, you could be ego could be terrified of that. If if it's starting to show up. It's a path while you're still on the path. You're not, if you're actually uh, awake and you're completely alive, you're here, you're alive and you're awake. There isn't anything else.
as Coben said, nothing to do. There's, there's nothing to do. Everything is dependently risen. So you, you don't do anything unless you have to, which is my way of saying the same thing. So you eat, you sleep, scratch your head. If you're a monk and you're a man, you buzz your head off. Oh, yeah. But if you're a woman monk, you, it's up to you. If you feel like you'd like to cut all your hair off, go ahead. But I think it's just as fine, just as well to just let your hair grow. But you guys can't. Not yet. Go ahead. What's outrageous about alive and awake? Can you say something about that? The only thing that shows up for me is to emphasize it's not the traditional form of alive and awake that we think of. It's conceptually, it feels like it goes far beyond just being alive and awake. And there's no words for it. It's just completely, even this word is it's a big lie. Completely present, that's a lie. Completely awake, that's a lie. Completely outrageous, that's a lie. But it's, it's as uh, the great uh, uh, cubist uh, painter, master, uh, Pablo Picasso said once uh, of his art, of art in general, uh, that it, it is a lie that reveals the truth. And that's what this teaching is. It's, it's a relative working on it. But one who realizes this knows that they're going to have to do that if they do this, if they are going to help people. Go ahead. Say more. What do you think? Thoughts? How many? Fifty? Just observe them. And notice that you can actually watch thoughts and eventually actually see that they they don't amount to much. It's, there's some kind of quality to it that just runs out of energy or steam or something. You wear it out. How do you wear it out? Don't grasp it. Don't reject it. Don't add to the commotion. And certainly don't ignore it and just look at it. This is the beginning of not only wisdom, but of compassion, which is not a feeling. And wisdom is not knowing stuff. You don't, you don't know anything if you're if you're functioning out of that. There isn't anything to know, except for that one thing. And who needs that? Zoology or what, what's that frenetical? That's not frenetical. What is that? Uh, quantum mechanics. You ever everybody, you, any of you guys know any quantum mechanics? You know two, two of them? Oh, your peace sign. Yes. Okay. Now, how do you, you know, what kind of wrench would you use? Quantum wrench. It's an interesting area. People have a slight smile on their face. Jishin, you better have a good question. Jishin Bowling. You describe this as vividly shimmering. What is that shimmering? Is it a vibration? It's a, a yeah. It's a vibration. There's no vibration. Nothing's happening. But I say shimmering because you, because it's just alive. It's just there. It's just present. 
you could say, well, it's someone's voice or it's someone's demeanor or someone's smile. Something about it is incredibly rich and faceted so many aspects to it. It's like, it's like if you have all the different voices there are, all the different voices, if you hear your someone you know their voice you you know it you recognize that voice it's that kind of shimmering it's just the recognition of the complete vibrancy which is not a movement i'm just using that because it fits what is that what is that abe pokemon it's a Pokemon? And a Pikachu. A Pikachu. Yeah, I, I like those. Can I have that? No? Okay. Well, then I'll let you keep it then. I'll get my own Pikachu someday. Is there a final question that would reveal the entire mystery when I respond? Okay, we can close then. Hi, my name is Kozan, and I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I practice with the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your donations to support our programming of practice, study, and teachings, and to fund scholarships that help our full-time practice residents with tuition and living expenses. Thank you for helping our Sangha.